Hi, I'm Phil Albertelli, and this is The Week in Doubt, a podcast for atheists, agnostics, and whoever. And this is episode 166. So I've been dying to talk about this story, and hopefully I'm not late to the party because everyone else seems to be covering it too. But I'm referring to the story of Ahmed Mohammed, a 14-year-old Texas science student who brought a makeshift clock to school, supposedly he wanted to show to his science teacher. But due to the fact that it kind of resembles a bomb, all hell broke loose and the kid ended up getting arrested. And if the story wasn't already controversial enough, we now have high-profile critics of Islam like Bill Maher and Richard Dawkins weighing in on one side of the argument, and people, um, Muslim apologists, shall we say, like Cenk Uger, coming to the kid's defense on the other side. I guess I'll start by reading a brief CNN article just to try to give a simple breakdown if you're not already familiar with the story. And let's see, this is dated September 16th. When Ahmed Mohammed went to his high school in Irving, Texas Monday, he was so excited, a teenager with dreams of becoming an engineer. He wanted to show his teacher the digital clock he'd made from a pencil case. The 14-year-old's day ended not with praise but punishment after the school called police and he was arrested. I built a clock to impress my teacher, but when I showed it to her, she thought it was a threat to her, Ahmed told reporters Wednesday. It was really sad that she took the wrong impression of it. Ahmed talked to the media gathered on his front yard and appeared to wear the same NASA t-shirt he had on in a picture taken as he was being arrested. In the image, he looks confused and upset, and he's being led out of school in handcuffs. They arrested me and they told me that I committed the crime of a hoax bomb, a fake bomb, the freshman later explained to WFAA after authorities released him. Social media reacts. Outrage over the incident, with many saying the student was profiled because he's Muslim, spread on social media as hashtag I stand with Ahmed, started trending worldwide on Twitter with more than 100,000 tweets Tuesday morning. The school's Facebook page is roiling with sharp criticism of the way the teen was treated, and the hashtag engineers for Ahmed is gaining popularity. And uh, here's a tweet from President Obama. Cool clock, Ahmed, want to bring it to the White House? We should inspire more kids like you to like science. It's what makes America great. The president would like the team to join him and other scientists next month for the White House's annual astronomy night. White House Press Secretary John Ernest said Wednesday, Ahmed said Wednesday he was going to the White House. Clinton tweeted that assumptions don't keep us safe and urged the teenager to keep building. I think this wouldn't even be a question if his name wasn't Ahmed Mohammed, said Alia Salam, or Alia Salam, <laughs> of the Council on American-Islamic Relations. He's an excited kid who is very bright and wants to share it with his teachers. And then someone named Angela Morbido, uh, I don't even know who that is, tweeted, If anyone has a spare STEM scholarship laying around, there's a very bright kid in Texas who could use your help. And he also got support from Mark Zuckerberg and from uh, others. And I have to admit, when I first heard this story and, and read the president's tweet and whatnot, I felt bad for the kid. And I was like, oh, this poor kid put this time and effort into building a clock to impress his science teacher. And then he's arrested and he's caught in the middle of this controversy. But... There's another aspect to the controversy that involves, and this is going to sound horrible on face value, but here we go, whether or not the kid, A, even technically made an invention, because now we have people saying that this supposed homemade clock, rather than looking like it was built from the ground up, seems to be more like, or how do I say this? Well, it looks like basically, you know, he cracked open an existing alarm clock or something, just took the guts and put them inside a new case. And so there's this question of whether or not it was even truly an invention or a, a case of someone with real engineering skills building their own clock from smaller components. And then there's another aspect, uh, B, you know, whether or not 
he intended to create a device that maybe looked like a homemade bomb, a, a hoax bomb, because he wanted attention for some reason. Uh, and we're going to look at this a little deeper and try to come to some kind of conclusion if we can. My chihuahua is uh, snoring in the background. But I think what I'll do now is I'm going to play the audio from the clip of Cenk Uger talking about this story. I would play the video too, but I'm a greedy bastard and I don't want to risk a third-party content match on YouTube. Not that I'm likely to actually earn any money off of this video, but I can dream and why mess with the chance for monetization. So I'll play the audio of Jenk and then I'll interrupt him when I see fit and add my own two cents to the conversation. Now, when we originally did the Ahmed Mohammed story here uh, on the Young Turks, um, Anna mentioned uh, that some of the fear-mongering against Muslims in America uh, also was done by atheists. Now, not predominantly, not by a long shot. We're atheists. We don't do that. Most atheists don't do that. But do some atheists fear-monger against Muslims? In our experience, yes, and we've shown you specific instances of it. Uh, and holy hell rained down from these uh, groups uh, saying, oh my God, you guys are so biased against atheists, atheists would never do anything like that, we stand with Muhammad. Now, in an ironic twist, uh, those same atheists, again, not a majority of the atheists, but a small group that are basically the anti-Muslim atheists have come out and said, we knew it, the kid was guilty. Wait a minute, I thought you said atheists would never do that. Oh, it turns out they would, and they did. So, uh, now one of their ringleaders is Richard Dawkins, a guy who I used to previously respect. He came out and said about the 14-year-old student in Texas who made a clock uh, that the authorities thought was a bomb, uh, quote, we were all fooled. Were we, Richard? Uh, so what did it turn out to be? Do you agree with Sarah Palin who today still thinks it was a bomb, even though the authorities, the cops, and everybody else said it was a clock? We were fooled. We were taken in by this 14-year-old dangerous, dangerous Muslim. Okay, so obviously Jenk is being sarcastic there and he's getting worked up. And I have to admit, when I first watched this TYT clip, and I'm a huge Richard Dawkins fan, as many of us uh, non-believers are, and I was kind of like, wow, why is Richard Dawkins laying into this kid, you know? But then when I watched the linked video that Jenk mentioned, and it's about a three-minute long video, and I don't know what the bona fides uh, of the guy doing the video are or, or what he does for a living. Um, I've only watched this one video of his, but it seems to me that he's extremely knowledgeable when it comes to electronics. So maybe that's his profession or whatever. And the guy basically points out what I was saying earlier. It appears that someone basically took the guts of an existing clock and just put it into a new case. And it's not typically what you would see with a school science project like this or, you know, some kind of invention contest where people or kids will basically make a clock or something like this, a device from the ground up using many little components. This just looks like he cracked something open and moved the guts from one housing to another. So if this is the case, I can understand why Dawkins would say we've all been fooled or whatever, we've been fooled. And when he asks what were the kids' motivations or whatever, I mean, I probably wouldn't have laid into a 14-year-old necessarily the same way, you know, issuing those tweets or whatever, but I don't think Dawkins is a monster or a bigot for doing so. Uh, and I actually think they're legitimate questions. If the kid didn't actually make his own invention and he just took the guts from one thing and put in another, uh, why did he do that? Uh, it doesn't mean that there's anything super nefarious going on or that he's some kind of jihadist or he has some Islamic grand plan. Uh, that he's putting in action. It could just simply be normal, stupid 14-year-old stuff. Uh, maybe he wanted to see if he could get away with cutting corners. and uh, Or maybe, despite what everyone's saying, he's not the sharpest knife in the draw, and he doesn't know how to make his own invention from the ground up. So he basically 
you know, gutted a clock and put it into a new case, which in fairness is probably more than I could do. But then again, I just replaced the RAM and the hard drive in my brand new Inspiron 2-in-1. So take that. <laughs> Did that sound like I was bragging? It was my first time performing real surgery on a computer, so hey. Although, uh, Changing RAM is incredibly easy. Swapping out the HDD for a solid-state drive was a little harder, but I got to work somehow. Had to clone it and all that shit. But, uh, but yeah, so, I mean, Richard Dawkins, I, I love him, and uh, sometimes he comes off as incredibly charming and socially adept, but other times he kind of comes off as, as incredibly intelligent, as he is, he comes off as being a little socially retarded, shall we say, if, if I'm allowed to say that. Uh, as opposed to Hitch, uh, you know, Hitchens was so gifted with words and very kind of suave and artful in the way he interacted uh, with others. And uh, sometimes Dawkins, like I said, can be charming and witty, but other times, uh, so... Was it right to point a finger at the 14-year-old kid, even if he didn't truly make his own invention and say, we've been fooled? Um, maybe I wouldn't have done that, maybe just because I don't care enough. But, uh, <laughs> but I don't think there's anything wrong with pointing that out. And if this story is being blown up by the media and this kid is being made out to be more of kind of a martyr or no pun intended or hero than he actually is or if he's not as bright as he's being um characterized as being we probably have a right to know that if he is just another 14 year old who can't make a decent you know invention so cuts corners then uh, we deserve to know that. People sympathetic to the kid don't want us to demonize him just because he's Muslim. But on the other side, they shouldn't build him up just because he's Muslim. You know what I'm saying? And there is another aspect. that There's some people saying that this kid's father is an activist, uh, an Islamic activist of sorts. And this is pure speculation, but there's there's been this idea floating around that maybe the kid was put up to this by his father so um, he could garner media attention, which could then be used for some kind of social or political cause regarding, you know, the treatment of Muslims or something like that. I mean, that's speculation. Who the hell knows? But I'll go back to Cenk Huger. Tell me more about it, Richard. He says, if this is true, referring to a video here on YouTube, what was his motive? Whether or not he wanted the police to arrest him, they shouldn't have done so. Oh, are you not merciful? They shouldn't have played along with his devious Muslim trick. At the age of 14, he thought, I'll bring in a thing that I think looks like a clock, that I ne would never think otherwise, that anybody else would think looks like a bomb. But, aha, no, no, no! Since I am a devious Muslim, I'll make it look like a bomb, and then I'll have people arrest me at the age of 14, then assume that the national media picks it up, and then assume uh, that I will become uh, a new celebrity, and then assume that I'll get invited to the White House and scholarships to MIT. Well, I just have to jump in again. If it is true, if this narrative is true, that he really didn't build a device from the ground up using smaller components and he just really swapped the guts into another case, then it'd be pretty unfair to give the kid a scholarship to MIT when he didn't even really invent anything. But anyway, let's get back to Jenk. Is that what he assumed? Was this part of his... Uh, elaborate hoax. But hey, by the way, if it was, that's the smartest 14-year-old in the country, and he should get into MIT. Okay, so we're not done yet. Dawkins has got plenty more. He says he didn't only claim to have built it, he claimed on YouTube that it was his invention. <laughs> now we're nitpicking the kid's homework assignment. He's 14. I don't know if that was a good homework assignment or not. And now uh, Daily Beast has another story of all these other critics, atheists and otherwise, saying, and, and yes, some of them are definitely specifically atheists because they were in the context of this Richard Dawkins conversation. Like, oh, some of those parts were manufactured. He didn't even make it on his own. What was he supposed to make it from? Leaves and figs and nuts that he found in the yard? <laughs> yes, some of the parts were manufactured. Okay, so the first time I watched this video, 
I kind of agreed with Jenk, and I actually thought he was kind of witty there. I'm like, yeah, of course the parts are, are manufactured. Uh, you know, the parts themselves, the smaller components, have to come from somewhere. And I thought it was kind of funny when he said, was he supposed to make a clock out of leaves and figs and stuff? But then when you watch the video and you find out that he didn't make it from smaller parts and it looks like he just took the existing guts to, to reiterate and put them in a different case, then yeah, that's not an invention. Um, of course, things like insulated wires, uh, capacitors, things like that. Of course, those things, you know, even machine screws, those things have to be manufactured. And there's nothing wrong with taking those little bits and making your own device. But, I mean, if I take my iPod and crack it open and switch it over to another iPod case that's just a different color and screw it back together. I mean, it might take a little bit of skill because you don't want to ruin the guts while you're moving things, but I didn't really build anything. I'm not MacGyver, you know what I mean? I'm someone with minimal expertise with a screwdriver or something, you know? But uh, anyway, back to Jenk. I don't know how you make a clock, but it was a clock! Okay, no, no, uh, Dawkins not quite sure about this young Muslim kid. He says, I don't know, possibly wanted to be arrested? Police played into his hands. Anyway, now I'm white to the White House, crowd crowdfunded, etc. <laughs> Richard, man, maybe you should give up your seat in whatever school you're teaching at to this kid if he's that brilliant. He's like, hmm, how can I get the Texas police to play along with my devious move? How can you how can you be a 74-year-old respected or formerly respected uh, evolutionary biologist and go after this 14-year-old kid and his homework assignment and think that he came up with this giant plot to deceive us all? So yeah, giant plot to deceive us all. That's a, that might be a little far-fetched, but uh, once again, when I first saw this video with Jenk, I, I was actually thinking to myself, as a Richard Dawkins fan, I'm like, uh-oh. One thing I've always loved about Dawkins is no matter how old he gets, he's still sharp as can be. You know, he doesn't miss a beat. Um, and I was thinking, uh-oh, has Dawkins finally hit the wall and he's turning into the stereotypical old addle-brained curmudgeon or something and this is when i was still under the illusion that this kid had actually made this invention from all these little parts or something but if you take into consideration that as this kind of engineer or electronics expert whatever he was pointed out that looks like he just swapped the guts from one case to another then i think it makes sense to ask what was the kid up to? And once again, it doesn't mean that he had some evil jihadist scheme. It might just be 14-year-old nonsense. Um, that he was trying to pull one over on his teachers or he wanted uh, attention or something like that. Um, but no, I think Richard Dawkins is still just Richard Dawkins. He sounds like he's still got all of his marbles. I was just kind of... Uh, I didn't have the whole picture and I was lending too much credence to what Jenk was saying or his take on the narrative. But back to Jenk. Well, we played right into his hands like putty. Genius, genius, kid. Uh, Dawkins continues, if uh, the reassembled components did something more than the original clock, that's creative. If not, it looks like a hoax. Thank you, Richard Alex Jones Dawkins. Okay, by the way, I'll get to him in a second. 9-11 was an inside job. Alex Jones joke. Somewhere on uh, my YouTube channel, I have a video, this is when I first started the YouTube channel, I uploaded a, a really short clip of Alex Jones reciting the lyrics to Glenn Danzig's Twist of Cain. Never thought I'd hear that in my life, but it was very surreal, but luckily I, I was able to uh, isolate that portion of his show, it'd be funny. But anyway, um, back to Jenk. Uh, he continues, okay, fraudulent claiming of an invention is not heinous. And he certainly should not have been arrested by the police. Oh, some backpedaling. I don't think that's backpedaling necessarily. I think you can believe that the kid may have been less than honest, or you can question how creative or inventive he was being, but also admit that maybe he didn't deserve to be arrested. I don't think that is necessarily backpedaling. Okay. 
So after he vented and vented, and people were like, hey, man, cool it. It's a kid, and what are you doing here? This sounds crazy, right? He's like, okay, all right, maybe. He should, okay, fine, fine. He shouldn't have been arrested, okay? But it was, it was not a clock. It's not a clock. Okay, you got him. You got him. Give him a B-plus on that assignment. Uh, then he finally says, sorry if I get a bit over the top in my passion for truth, not just over a boy's alleged invention, but also media lies about Corbin. This has nothing to do with Corbin, okay? And you still don't get it. That's not an apology. You're saying uh, you went after this poor kid because of your passion for truth. In other words, you're right. He's wrong. He was lying. It's a giant hoax. Well, if the kid didn't actually make an invention and he said he did, then technically that would be lying. And once again, I should add the caveat that a lot of us are going on the expertise of this man who did a YouTube breakdown of you know, what he could discern from the look of the clock. And judging by, you know, those those ribbons you see in electronic devices that connect one part to another, judging on those and some other pieces, he was able to tell that this wasn't a device built from all the little components that a builder or a hobbyist or a student would use, that this was basic, this basically looked like someone, and here's the drinking game, every time I say, took the guts and swapped them from one case to another. It, you know, it, it, it didn't look like the kid actually built something from the ground up of small, uh, with smaller components. And if he perhaps said he did, or he led people to believe that he did more than he actually did, then that kind of would be uh, lying. And that it was all in an effort to trick all of us into having some sympathy for a Muslim. Ah, we knew it. Breitbart's out there. Now they're investigating his dad. They're like, it turns out his dad didn't like people who attacked uh, Muslims. So there's the thing about the dad. And as I admitted, that's, you know, pure speculation. I mean, is it beyond belief that a parent might drag their kid into some petty scheme or something like that. No, it certainly isn't. Parents do messed up stuff all the time. Um, but we have to be fair, and we don't know that's necessarily uh, what happened. It, it's one possibility uh, among m many, I suppose. But for all we know, this is just, you know, the kid's own doing or whatever. But here we go. Yeah, if you're a Muslim, you probably wouldn't like that. If you were Jewish, you wouldn't like people who attack Jews. <laughs> we got him, his dad! He should have bowed his head and kissed our feet for attacking Muslims, but he didn't. Part of a hoax. And then again, in the Daily Beast article, there's a reference to, and then he went and talked to his lawyer. <laughs> why did he have a lawyer? Maybe because he was arrested? Maybe that's why he had the lawyer? These people are unbelievable. Alex Jones Infowars has this headline. Fake hate? Is Clock Kid Fuhrer all a big setup? <laughs> what is this, a false clock operation? Okay. And this last guy, I can't believe he got in on the mix. This is really disappointing. Watch. That, you didn't build that. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> to Obama. Okay. Okay, I hate to do it and kind of compliment Jank, but that was actually kind of funny. Anyway, here we go. Back to Jank. Fine, perhaps not. All right, now we go on to Bill Maher. So uh, he's got his show, whatever it is, on HBO. Real time with Bill Maher, and, uh, and he's got all these guests on, and he's going to go after the kid. Very, very brave. And all these guys who go after Muslim Americans, they always think they're so bold to pick on the most persecuted minority in America, maybe even more so than Mexicans. Okay, so I think that's Jenk being hyperbolic. Uh, yeah, this is true that Muslims might be a mi minority in the States and in the European West, uh, but there's 1.6 billion Muslims about in the world. Uh, so in that sense, they're certainly not a minority. And when you do have people, you know, it's not all Muslims, <laughs> but, you know, I've talked about terrorism a lot on the show before and how throughout history, even modern history, there's been terrorists of all different skin colors. You got your Timothy McVeigh's, you got your IRA bombers, blah, 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 et cetera, et cetera. But, if we want to be intellectually honest and not PC, the majority of terrorist actions taking place in the world right now are committed by Muslims. So 
when you constantly have acts of terrorism being committed by members of a certain group, even though they might be the violent uh, fringe, and we can get into an argument about how much of Islam is the fringe and how much is the center, but certainly only, you know, it's, it's a minority committing acts of violence. But, you know, we, we look at, we have Boko Haram, we have ISIS, we have Al-Qaeda um, ravaging the Middle East and the Third World, raping, killing, executing, cutting people's heads off, uh, at least in one case of that Jordanian pilot, locking a person in a cage and burning them alive. And just uh, very recently, we had things like the attack on the Curtis Kelwell Center, uh, the attack on the Marine recruiting base. So if someone does tend to put bomb and Muslim together in their mind, it's not the most ludicrous association. Does it maybe feel a little ugly that you know that the majority of this group isn't committing violent acts and you make that association in your head? Yeah, it feels a little dirty for me at least, but I don't feel all that guilty because I know there's at least some sense or logic to it. If you know that these type of violent actions, these terrorist actions are being committed by almost exclusively right now by members of a certain group or religion, it makes sense that you would make an association in your head. And I'm not going to apologize for that, but let's go on. You're like, I'm gonna pile on. Uh, I'm so bold, I'm so courageous. Where's that 14 year old kid? I'm gonna punch him in the face. I'm so bold, uh, yes, I go after the powerful. Okay, now we did the best we can here in editing to give you full context for Bill Maher. So we took out the extraneous stuff for Mark Cuban, et cetera, et cetera. Here's Bill Maher, all of his points, good, bad, or otherwise, about Ahmed Mohammed from his program. Watch. He's a science kid, and that's great. Can we show the clock? Okay, and the people at the school thought it might be a bomb, perhaps because it looks exactly like a fucking bomb. <laughs> and so they're showing a picture of the uh, pencil case bomb right now, and it actually looks more like a suitcase. It must be a pencil case modeled after like one of those metal suitcases or whatever. And maybe this is extremely geeky, but it reminds me of the suitcase you keep all your weapons and ammo in in uh, Resident Evil 4. Didn't have to mention that, but I did. Okay. And look, this kid deserves an apology. No doubt about it. They were wrong. So right there, I mean, you have Dawkins saying the kid shouldn't be arrested. Uh, you have Bill Maher saying that he believes the kid deserved an apology because um, whatever the hell the thing was, it turned out not to be an actual bomb. But uh, so I don't know what Jenk is getting all worked up about. The two people that are making him all red in the face right now are both saying, you know, he shouldn't have been arrested. Uh, he even deserves an apology. I can see it, it seems kind of unseemly, you know, if it comes off as two grown men, uh, powerful, successful men laying into a 14-year-old boy. Yeah, it doesn't It doesn't look good. But if their points have merit, their points have merit. You know, what can I say? But here we go. But could we have a little perspective about this? Did the teacher really do the wrong can, thing? Yeah, but this okay. would not have happened if, if, he, if he wasn't Muslim. Controversy is precisely because of the color of his skin. See, I don't because think of so. His it's not the color of his skin. So. Yes, of course. It's not the color of his skin. And his religion. Excuse me, somebody look me in the eye right here and tell me, over the last 30 years, if so many Muslim, young Muslim men, and he's young, 14, mm -hmm. but that's not, not that never happened before, right? hasn't blown a lot of shit up around the world. And, if, if, and this guy, this kid deserves an apology because he wasn't one of them. And I just want to pause that to say for a second that someone online wrote an article, I forget where it was, but I was just reading it today, about how, yeah, maybe at first blush, this looks like the kid was being picked on or singled out because he's uh, a Muslim or something. But they're pointing out how many white kids, not white non-Muslims, let's, let's remember uh, Islam is a religion, not a race. Many white non-Muslim kids have gotten in trouble for ridiculous reasons in uh, recent history. There's a kid who chewed a Pop-Tart 
into, <laughs> you know, the rough shape of a gun and pretended like he was aiming it and got in trouble for that. Uh, kids get in trouble for drawing pictures of guns or using their finger like a pretend gun. Um, you know, white non-Muslim kids have gotten in trouble for just writing kind of violent stories and creative writing class and stuff like that. And let's remember a lot of the most atrocious school violence over the years has been committed by white kids like Columbine, of course. And so I imagine yet it maybe in teachers' minds is the idea that someday a, a disgruntled Muslim student might come in and try to to school and, and and try to commit some act of jihad or something. But I'm sure teachers are also worried of a Columbine type of incident too, uh, where some, you know, a kid of any color, maybe, you know, a white uh, kid from the suburbs comes in the school with, uh, you know, grenades and semi-automatic weapons or something like Columbine. So I imagine there's a very good chance, and without us having to sacrifice intellectual honesty to say that, if a white kid came into school with a device that was all, you know, wires and parts and stuff that teachers might wonder if they've got like a, a, a Harris or Klebold on their hands. So we shouldn't get so PC and so defensive of Muslims that we automatically assume that this was simply because the kid's Muslim. But if a teacher did make an association between Bob and Muslim, it wouldn't be the most outlandish association in the world. But let me read what somebody said on the Daily Beast. Dean Obadiah said, uh, why would a homemade clock get him arrested, you may ask? It's sickening. I just answered that question. <laughs> <laughs> because for the last 30 years, it's been one culture that has been blowing shit up over and over again. He was from Irving, Texas. He said, Irving is only 25 minutes from Garland, where they draw the Prophet Muhammad contest. Remember that a few mm -hmm. months yes, ago? Yes, Was attacked as it was by ISIS-sympathizing gunmen in May. The message is clear. If you are a Muslim, anything you might, might do, might, anything you do might be a plot to destroy America. No, the message is you can see why they would err on the side of caution. Absolutely. Because only 25 miles away, somebody did try to kill people. I can't believe I agree with you. So the teacher... Well, I could definitely believe I agree with Bill there. I'm also a big fan of Bill Maher. A lot of people find him kind of abrasive and snarky, but I love him and I've been watching him for a long time. And I've had fellow atheists sometimes bring up like the weird anti-vaxxer stuff with him, uh, which to be honest, I started watching him around the time he started doing uh, real time. I, I didn't watch him all that much on... Uh, Politically Incorrect. Although not too long ago, I did watch an old episode of Politically Incorrect on YouTube where he had Marilyn Manson on. That was pretty cool. But, uh, so I don't know what's going on with him with, like, the criticisms he used to level at, like, the uh, pharmaceutical industry and uh, stuff about vaccinations or whatever. Maybe he does some compartmentalizing. I don't know. But on most topics, he's a really common sense, insightful kind of guy, I think. And people that are super PC are often offended by what he says about Islam. But I personally don't think so far he's saying anything really outrageous or ugly right now. A lot of it makes sense to me. Uh, all right, let's continue. You're supposed to see something that looks like a bomb and go, oh, wait, this just might be my white privilege talking. All right. <laughs> right. He was arrested, and, and they took him off in cuffs and then put him in a cage and burned him. Oh, no, that's ISIS who does that. No, you know, you know what? We, we arrested... We put a kid after school for a couple of hours. This is not the end of the world. But you know what? The end of the world does happen all over and the world. All right, so I have something to say about that. So I actually think that is such a great point. Um, you know, we want to make sure that innocent people who just happen to be Muslim you know, aren't getting beaten up in the streets or that we don't have like what happened very recently. We had a Sikh man, a Sikh, uh, brutally beaten because someone thought he was a Muslim. We don't want bigots going around beating on people because they happen to be Muslim. As I said, it's the minority committing these violent crimes. Right, 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 right. There's my jank impression. 
And we don't want to get people so worked up into a lather that we have people doing bad stuff to innocent Muslims that live among us, you know what I mean? But it is funny, though, how the—, the um, and I consider myself left-leaning, but you will hear a lot of people like Jank raising holy hell when it comes to what they see as the politically incorrect treatment of Muslims. And in fairness to the Young Turks, they have covered stories about Islamic extremist violence in the past— but in recent memory, you know, we've been seeing a lot more of this kind of PC apologetic stuff on the Young Turks rather than them covering stories of Islamic violence. And we see the same type of behavior with a lot of other people on the left. But why don't we hear more about what's going on overseas and what just mind-boggling crimes against humanity are being perpetrated by Muslim extremists? Boko Haram taking hundreds of young girls into uh, sex slavery, um, forced marriages, things like that, burning villages, uh, including the inhabitants, um, ISIS burning a, a person alive in a cage, uh, doing mass beheadings of Coptic Christians. Were they Coptic Christians? But they did a mass execution of a bunch of Christians. I can't remember if they were Coptic Christians, which would mean they were Egyptian. Um, and all the other beheadings, you know, the videotaped executions, beheadings of Western journalists and of contractors. I don't mean like Blackwater contract. I mean, people just trying to earn a living doing um, just doing these type of manual jobs overseas crucifixions, mutilations, the widespread destruction of historical artifacts just because the artifacts are pre-Islamic. Why aren't we hearing more about all of this stuff? It's the year 2015 and we have people beheading and mutilating, raping and enslaving their fellow human beings, uh, erasing history by destroying artifacts. I mean, if this, this if this kid is just some innocent 14-year-old kid whose only crime is that he did a half-assed job of making a, a science project and showed it off too much or something like that, then, I, I you know, I, I feel bad for him. And the image of the kid in handcuffs looking like he's on the verge of tears, it gets to me, you know? But, um, and like Bill Maher said, the kid probably deserves an apology. And like Richard Dawkins said... The kid probably didn't deserve to be arrested. But I don't think it's the end of the world to point out what you might think are holes in his story or to question what exactly was going on. It's certainly a far cry from enslaving someone or chopping their head off. And why don't we pay more attention to that stuff? But okay. For millions of Muslims who are the victims of other Muslims, of their religion, where are the liberals on this? Okay, so let's address all those things. I'll take that last one first. Anytime the radical Muslims uh, do those things, we point it out, uh, we attack them 100 uh, percent. This show uh, was pointing out what ISIS was doing well before the rest of the mainstream media. And who knows, maybe that's true, but for some reason my bullshit detector went off when I heard that. The Young Turks were speaking about Boko Haram and ISIS before the mainstream media was. The Young Turks get their stories, as do I from the mainstream media, and maybe from more obscure news outlets too, but they're not creating the news, much like that clock. <laughs> they're getting it from elsewhere. Um, but anyway. Same thing on Boko Haram. Boko Haram means that, uh, uh, translated means against Western education. There's nothing I could despise more on this planet. Uh, education is the answer, and these kids are these groups are trying to get kids to not get educated, instead, and to believe in their fundamentalist radical Islam. We're all against that. That's a no-brainer. Now, in the atheist community, we all agree that Islam is wrong, as Christianity is wrong, as Judaism is wrong. We, those are all things we easily agree upon. The question is, do you then classify Muslims in a different category? Well, and this kind of gets into what I was saying earlier. Um, I don't want to be called, you know, a social justice warrior or anything, but I do feel bad for just 
normal everyday people who happen to be Muslim who end up getting kind of tarred with the same brush because of what, uh, you know, extremist elements are up to. And that does suck, but we have to be logical here. And when you have the majority of acts of terrorism being perpetrated by a specific group, I think it's human nature, perhaps even logical to an extent, to then associate those type of acts of violence or terrorism with that group. And we should all do our best as human beings to keep in mind that it's not all Muslims and that if we meet someone on the street who happens to be Muslim, you don't call them names, you don't you don't punch them in the face or whatever. You hopefully give them the benefit of the doubt and realize this is probably just a fellow American or a fellow Brit and they're just trying to get through the day like the rest of us. And they might be a great guy that I, I was about to say that I might enjoy having a drink with, but they can't drink. Um, so, it, I mean, it does suck, but but it's logical to make those those type of associations. We just have to try to rein them in and make sure that we don't paint everyone with the same broad brush. And I imagine it must be similar to the heyday of the IRA, when people were probably most likely to associate terrorism with the Irish Republican Army. And I imagine that if you were in an airport and the person next to you had an Irish brogue, you might be going, oh shit. You know what I So I think it's kind of similar, but now it's with Muslims or whatever, you know? So when Jenk talks about, you know, are we going to categorize Muslims differently? And like I said, once again, it sucks. Good, honest people who just happen to be of a, of a specific faith, uh, uh, who happen to be is Islamic, you know, who happen to be Muslim, um, they shouldn't have to deal with that shit. They shouldn't have to be looked at as if they're terrorists or, or put under a microscope more than other people. But this is kind of what we're dealing with not to beat a dead horse, but when the majority of terrorist acts are being uh, committed by a certain group, that's going to reflect badly, undeservedly, unfortunately, and unfairly on other members of that group. Uh, we should do our best to fight that, but that's kind of the way that human nature works. And for some reason, I, I was just re you know talking about those cases of beheadings overseas. Uh, Let's not forget about Lee Rigby. I remember I did a story about that when it first happened because that really, that story shook me. I mean, a young British soldier who's outside uh, his military barracks. I believe the barracks were in an urban setting. They were, the, bar the barracks weren't isolated somewhere. They were in a city environment, I think. And these two Muslim converts basically did their best to take the guy and decapitate him. But as graphic and disgusting as it is, they didn't quite finish the job. And they recorded this Islamic extremist rant while their hands were still slick with his blood. So we should do our best to treat people fairly, but let's not become so blind that we forget the type of horror we're dealing with. Uh, anyway, to continue. Now, to give Bill Maher credit here, first he says, look, this kid should get an apology. And in this case, he seemed almost surprised, like he was one of the young Muslims that weren't guilty. Well, okay, that's, there are some good ones. Sounds a little like Donald Trump there, right? I guess there are some good ones. But the people that have been blowing shit up all over the world for 30 years, who are they? Well, that's a funny question you asked, Bill, except you didn't really answer it, did you? Because what you do is you never count state violence. So when we go invade Iraq and hundreds of thousands of civilians die, oh, that doesn't count. That's, no, we're not violent. We're not at all violent. Because we have jets, and they drop the bombs on people. And when civilians die, you know who civilians are? Their grandmothers, their kids. Sometimes they're adult males, sometimes they're adult females. And they all die. They get incinerated by our bombs. All right. So I think Jenk does and doesn't make a good point. <laughs> And what do I mean by that? I don't think it's necessarily, I think it's kind of a false equivalency. I don't think it's necessarily fair to compare um, these intentional acts of 
barbaric violence with military violence. And there is truth in the idea that terrorists resort to the type of violence they do because maybe they don't have the same numbers or the same kind of armory or munitions that a state-funded um, military does. So they have to resort to, like, guerrilla warfare. And what they try to do is, instead of dropping bombs on people and just using the brute strength of a superior military, they try to commit acts that are so atrocious, so literally terrifying, that they hope to discourage people in that way and and win the war psychologically, in a sense. And I think, not to go off on a tangent, but I think that's as stupid as can be. When has terrorism ever stopped anything? You know, when you go around chopping people's heads off, um, et cetera, burning people alive, all you do is vilify yourself on the world stage. And this is a point I should bring up. In, in a way, the biggest enemy of the Muslim world is groups like ISIS and Boko Haram and Al-Qaeda. Because through their reprehensible actions, through the, the atrocities they commit, they're the ones that end up tainting the way decent Muslims are seen all over the world. You know, and as I said, we should try to rein in our associations and try the best we can to not demonize an entire group of people for what the violent uh, extremist element is doing. But where I think Jenk makes a good point in a way is that I think as a species, this is something that we have to deal with. Just like, you know, I sometimes talk about how we treat animals, you know, as a species. Um, you know, I'm an animal lover. I'm a conflicted carnivore. Um, I have a bleeding heart for animals, but I still eat animal flesh. And uh, so in a way, I don't know if that makes me worse. I remember watching Richard Dawkins talking to uh, Peter Singer, I think it was. And Dawkins was talking about how he loves animals, but he hasn't been able to wean himself off of meat in a way. That sounded weird, almost pornographic, wean yourself off of meat. But uh, I'm horrible, man. What the hell's wrong with me? But, and I think in a way, Peter Singer kind of guilted him and said, in a way, that's even worse. Because if you're someone who eats meat every day, but you don't really think about it, maybe you're not necessarily as culpable as the person who does care about animals and think they deserve better, but you still engage in the eating of meat, you know, um, the consumption of meat or whatever. So in a way, you know, I feel kind of like I'm on a, on the moralistic high ground because I at least care about animals. But, you know, on the other hand, depending on how you look at it, maybe it's even worse because I know animals should be treated better. They deserve to be treated better. And yet I still support the system that, that facilitates factory farming and animals living in horrible conditions and millions of animals being constantly uh, killed and processed. And I didn't mean to turn this into an animal rights thing, but um, I just feel like I have to justify my view in a way. Um, the way I come to, to this view is that, you know, I'm not a religious person, obviously, so I don't believe that some patriarchal creator god made all these other life forms just to be resources for us i do believe in evolution so and you could argue well if you don't believe in a god blah 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 then um there's no objective morality uh why should you care about animals at all well we're wired for tribalism and violence but we're also wired for empathy altruism compassion and uh in general we do tend to care about other life forms, you know? Um, it's probably harder to kill an animal once you've looked in its eyes. <laughs> I think it's probably almost the same mechanism that makes us care about children, you know, makes us care about animals as well. 
Uh, we see them as these innocent things that need to be, you know, taken care of. And there's also just a sense of awe you get from looking at animals, these other living, breathing creatures, you know. And so just because they can't file taxes or, uh, <laughs> you know, or switch the hard drive on a computer, that doesn't mean that they're not sentient, that they don't have some basic right to life or whatever. And like I say, just philosophically speaking, this is one of the big issues we're going to have to deal with at some point. As a species, what do we morally do about this problem? the fact that we use other living beings as resources. And I think at least, you know, things like like vanity reasons for killing animals, uh, fur coats and, and things like that, uh, that needs to be gotten rid of, especially in cases where, you know, there are fur farms where animals are skinned alive. Skinning an animal alive so you can look pretty or whatever, it's monstrous, it's disgusting. But anyway, the only reason why I'm talking about all this stuff, and I know I'm long-winded, is because another big philosophical issue I think we have to deal with as a species is what do we do about all this war stuff? What do we do about the fact that it's the year 2015? And all, you know, political and ideological partisanship aside, like just step back and look at it as an observer. It's the year 2015 and the human species is still raining bombs down on itself, still killing, raping, mutilating uh, one another. Um, and of, of course, every side thinks it has its justifications, right? And there's the idea of the just war, etc. And I'm not innocent in all this. I was definitely for going into Afghanistan after 9-11, and I don't regret that. If I was a completely enlightened, enlightened being, if I completely listened to the better angels of my being, maybe I would say like the Dalai Lama or something that no war is all right. You know what I mean? But I'm not that enlightened. I, I can't be. Um, and to be honest, I think I was so pissed off about 9-11 that uh, when it happened that you probably could have talked me into uh, attacking anyone, you know? And so I have to admit, sadly, you know, I was, I was pretty young at the time. I was in my uh, 20s and I remember getting into an argument with a friend over whether or not it was right to go in Iraq. And I was for it at the time. I was just starting to get into politics. So I didn't identify myself as a Republican or a Democrat, a liberal, a conservative. All I knew was that 9-11 happened and I wanted to see someone pay for it. And of course, we know that was wrong. That was the wrong choice. Uh, no weapons of mass destruction were found. And this is the, the one issue, like many atheists, where I um, split from Christopher Hitchens. Uh, Hitch was a supporter of the Iraq war, uh, even in retrospect. So I think the decision to go into Iraq was stupid, at best, monstrous, at worst. It, I mean, Saddam Hussein and his two sons were absolute monsters. If there was some quick and expedient way of getting rid of them without everything becoming destabilized, then I would have said, go for it, man. Put a little, you know, one of those staples, easy buttons in front of me. And if I could push it and Saddam Hussein's head and his son's heads would have exploded and everyone in Iraq would have lived in peace, I would have been like, all right. But we all know how the story went. Everything became destabilized. There's a good chance that we were lied into war. Um, but anyway, so oftentimes we'll say, you know, this is a just war. So in the grand scheme of things, that excuses the casualties or whatever to some degree. But of course, it's all monstrous. It's all death. Um, you know, and for a long time, I think when I was growing up, it was still kind of taboo to even criticize and I'm a Gen Xer, you know, so it's not like I'm a baby boomer or something. It still seemed taboo for me to even criticize like Hiroshima and Nagasaki. And whether or not the decision to drop those bombs really did save lives, you know, mathematically speaking and statistics, uh, I don't know. But I do know that we as human beings, well, not us, I, this is like the slavery thing, <laughs> You know, this happened before most of us were born. 
as a species, we drop these atomic weapons on whole cities, uh, turn beaches to glass, um, seared shadows to buildings, you know, burnt the skin off people, uh, fried people's DNA. So even those who did survive, there were birth defects down through the generations, etc. Whether or not you think those type of decisions individually are just or not, when you look at the horror of war and the fact that in this supposedly modern enlightened age, when we all have little computers in our pockets, we're still doing this stuff. I think it's really important to think about that stuff. So I'll say Jenk makes a little bit of a good point that that we shouldn't let large-scale violence committed by the armies of recognized nations off the hook, you know. But just because that type of violence exists, that doesn't excuse terrorism. And yeah, if your kid dies as collateral damage in a war, that's horrific. And if they get killed by a terrorist intentionally, that's also horrific. And this is where I, I actually agree with Sam Harris that intentions do matter. Um, it doesn't make ev- anything, I mean, it doesn't make everything all right. At the end of the day, your child's still dead. But I think maybe, you know, intentions do matter in a way that if I had a loved one that was killed, I might be able to sleep a little better at night if I knew that they weren't intentionally killed and the person who killed them had a racked conscience over it, you know what I mean? As opposed to knowing that some other individual murdered them, butchered them like an animal intentionally and was unapologetic about it. And uh, this brings up all other factors. You know, are uh, Western powers really apologetic for casualties and blah, blah, blah. But all I know is terrorism is is freaking ungodly, monstrous, and awful, intentionally chopping the heads off of living beings, uh, off of living human beings, burning people alive in cages, um, enslaving women. Uh, this stuff is awful and there is no excuse for it. And the majority of terrorist acts are at this moment in time committed by Muslim extremists. I'm going to skip forward a little because Cenk is boring me and I already covered the state violence stuff. I'll pick it up right here. If you discount state violence, yes, what remains is guerrilla violence of the powerless. Now, it doesn't excuse the guerrilla violence. It doesn't excuse any of that. It also doesn't excuse any of our actions. But for him to say that the only people doing violence in the last 30 years are young Muslims, yeah, if you discount all the other violence in the world, that would be correct, right? But (laughs) that's the whole problem with your premise. Us lovely people in a studio in the West here, as we drop bombs on your head comfortably, (laughs) we judge your morals. You filthy Muslims. Look at all the violence that you... Jenks melting down, baby. I don't remember anyone saying filthy Muslim. Uh, Jenks said that. And like I already went over, uh, maybe people did make some kind of associations in their mind between Muslim and bomb. It wouldn't be the most ludicrous association in the world. Uh, Like I said, even though it sucks if you happen to be a Muslim who ain't a terrorist and someone accuses you of being one. But I wouldn't guilt anyone for making what would be at least a somewhat logical association. Yeah, but let's see what else he has to say. You do. Look at all the trouble that you caused in the world. Of course we would suspect a 14-year-old Muslim American kid in the middle of Texas. Of course we would suspect him. He's Muslim. I didn't. What? What? How could you say it's because of his religion? But Jorge Ramos, the only guy who was decent on that, but he's great on that panel. And then the other four laughing about white privilege all living, bathing in white privilege, and it's okay. I know, look, Marr is liberal in other respects. I understand that, I understand that he understands that concept, but they all laugh at the kid. Like, <laughs> like what are we supposed to do? Endanger ourselves? Well, actually, Muslim I think kid? that's <laughs> a pretty smart and normal reaction if you think someone might have a bomb and you don't, you feel the desire to not want to get blown up and to have the device checked out. 
that is pretty damn normal. And I don't think it necessarily takes someone with uh, white privilege or a giant bank account to experience that. I'm pretty damn far from rich. And if I saw someone with a device that looked like it might be a bomb, you would better believe I wouldn't want to handle it and I would want someone to check it out, you know? They'll complain about white privilege. Yeah, no, no, no. You're not supposed to arrest the kid. You're not supposed to handcuff him. Like I've said a hundred times in the beginning, if you think it looks like a bomb, that's not crazy. I said that on day one. You put it aside, maybe you evacuate the school, which they didn't do, so they didn't really think it was a bomb, right? Holy fig nuts. So Jenk is saying that it would be understandable to isolate the device and evacuate the school. Then what the hell is he complaining about? He's basically on the same page with the rest of us. And yet he's trying to guilt us and he's ranting and raving. So maybe that's what you do to be safe, to err on the side of caution. And then you pull the kid into the principal's office until you sort it out. I've been pulled into the principal's office a million times, largely because I got a loud mouth, you can tell, right? But they didn't arrest me, they didn't handcuff me, and that's what they did to the kid. But this is Maher's long way of saying he had it coming. Well, Bill Maher, as far as I can tell, wasn't saying that the kid had it coming. Even Dawkins says the kid probably shouldn't have been arrested. Um... But the scenario that Jenk paints, you know, the proper way to handle it, the device should have been isolated and dealt with. The kid should have been isolated, brought to the principal's office, questioned or whatever. The only difference I see between that and what went down is the handcuffs. And I'm sure it was scary for the kid to be confronted by police officers. He's this slightly built 14-year-old kid and to get handcuffed. And if the kid really did, if he really was just trying to present a science project, all this sucks, you know what I mean? But what's Cenk complaining about? And, I, and like I said, there was the kid who made the Pop-Tart gun. I, he was either arrested or suspended or something. And this type of s stuff does happen to white non-Muslim kids too. So, And like I said, the, the, a white kid could bring some kind of weird makeshift electronic device into school and people might think shades of Columbine, you know what I mean? And that might set people's uh, radar off. So much ado about nothing in a sense, at least regarding how vitriolic he's getting. Of course we suspected him. Really, Bill? So why did we suspect him? Because young Muslims have been blowing shit up all across the world. If you take that... <clears throat> what he just said and isolated young Muslims have been blowing shit up all across the world. That's actually factually true. Now that I think about it and I already went over this. I don't want to beat a dead horse yet. We, we have to keep in mind that this isn't all Muslims, that it's just the violent extremists. But unfortunately, like I said, violent extremists, uh, Islamic extremists in a way are the worst enemy of, of uh, Muslims because they cause everyone to unfairly be painted with this brush. Yeah, it's partially the fault of the people doing the painting, but it's kind of logical to paint with the broad brush, uh, or, or it's human nature to make those associations when a, when a particular group is the group committing these type of acts, um, generally speaking. So, yeah. Young Muslims are blowing shit up across the world. That doesn't mean that all Muslims deserve to be treated shabbily or that all Muslims are evil. I hope that I have a diverse listenership. I hope that I perhaps have some Muslims listening, perhaps some ex-Muslims listening, um, kids who are raised in Muslim households or adults who are raised in Muslim households and are now kind of secular you know, non-believers perhaps like myself or just don't give religion a lot of thought. And you guys are probably cool, intelligent, rational people that I would enjoy hanging out with. And I'm talking about, you know, it's the violent extremists that we have to be on the lookout for. It's not all Muslims. And it does suck to be painted with a broad brush. But these type of associations are not completely illogical. If it's mostly young Muslim men who are blowing shit up across the world, you might, you might find yourself being more suspicious or more likely to jump to a conclusion when you think you're facing a young Muslim man who has some kind of makeshift device.
um, if that makes sense. And like I said, I mean, at the end of the day, Jenk, the one who's doing the ranting and raving, thinks that pretty much what was done is what should have been done, except he thinks it, it shouldn't have led to an arrest. And I can ag- probably agree with him on that. Dawkins agrees with him on that. But Otherwise, we all seem to be on the same page here. If a kid brings a kind of scary-looking electronic device to school, and also there's reports that the kid was showing it off, even after teachers said, put it away, I mean, it makes sense to try to figure out what the hell the device is and isolate the device and the kid until you know what the hell is going on. I don't know, he's just pissed off because the kid happen to be Muslim and he thinks we're being unfair. Um, It's wacky. And another thing, I actually, uh, I've been already going on too long, so I don't feel like digging this story up right now. But supposedly there is a story, and I think, (laughs) take it with a grain of salt, because I think I found it on The Blaze, which is Glenn Beck's site, and on some other right-wing sites. But there are quotes involved, and it seems that the kid's sister had made threats regarding bombs or terrorism and got in trouble for it a few years ago. Um, That doesn't mean that these two things are necessarily related. Uh, Could it possibly be that, you know, we look up to our older siblings and they affect us in ways we don't even know. If maybe his sister was, I don't know, she could have been getting picked on because she's Muslim or whatever, and uh, she wanted to defend herself, or she just might have been immature, so she said something stupid about bombs or terrorism and got in trouble. Maybe that stuck with the kid. Maybe he did want attention and did make the thing so it looked like a hoax bomb. I don't know. This is, is, this is admittedly speculation. And as far as those accusations against the sister, supposedly those articles, uh, if I remember correctly when I was reading them, include quotes, I think, from the sister. So if you want to learn more about that, you know, don't take my word for it. Go hunt down those articles on your own, preferably if you can find versions of the story that aren't on, you know, super biased uh, news sites like The Blaze or whatever. But I'm sick of listening to Jank. I think I've said enough on this. Uh... This was supposed to be a short video, like in between 7 and 20 minutes long. And as I look, I'm I'm recording with Audacity right now. I got a new mic, as I explained in another episode. And I keep getting snap crackles and pops in my audio playback when I record through GarageBand. So I'm trying Audacity. We'll see what happens. But I'm at an hour and 15 minutes. I'm sure it will be much less when I'm done editing. But I've gone on for too long. So thanks for listening, guys. You know the drill. Uh, check out The Week in Doubt on uh, Twitter, Facebook, iTunes, Podbean, Stitcher. Help the show out by going to patreon.com slash Doubt and pledge as little as a dollar a month. You can quit anytime you want. And uh, with all that being said, all right, I, I hope I didn't come off like a bigoted dick, and I hope I also didn't come off as an SJW. I'm just trying to be honest, call them like I see them. I've been getting a lot of flack lately, uh, but anyway, that's my problem later.